What have we here?
We're going to be talking about Daniel and Star Wars. Uh, most of the episode, yeah. <clears throat> but as we do every episode, we will, we're going to be jumping into our beer review. We've got Jackie O's, which is a... Mm-hmm. It's not local, but it is local. So it's they're local. they're out of uh, Athens, Ohio, which yes. is where Ohio University is. Yeah, so it's um, about an hour 15 from where we are. Uh, yeah, close. But uh, Jackie O's makes delicious beer, and they've never steered us wrong. So this is probably going to be the worst beer ever created. <laughs> we've had a we've had a bunch of good ones, but never <clears> on the show. <throat> well, no, I take that back. With next time, the first time he was on, before we gave him his name, next time, next time, the first time we had him on, <laughs> and then last time, uh, we did the Raz Weed, which was good. I do honestly. I'm, and I probably said a thousand times on the, on that episode, but I'm yeah. not a raspberry fan. That beer but is that really beer is fucking amazing, good, right? Yeah, but that really was good. part of like a seven beer extravaganza. So this we're going to actually fully review. It's called Morning Cloak. It's a hoppy pale ale. We're getting right into it. The uh, well, I'm just kind of talking about it real quick. But mm-hmm. the uh, the art on it looks fucking amazing. You know, the, uh, tell there's, me. There's a company that sells shirts that basically they hire actual artists to make art, and then they just put it on shirts. And it it's called curbside clothing. Sounds legit. I we're not sponsored by them, but are they awesome? It's fucking legit stuff. Do they do Star Wars art. No, they don't. It's, it's just kind of uh, weird animals, and it's it, I don't know. I've been getting into it. I, I really like that that type of art, which is this that why I'm talking about it is Jackie O's <laughs> can over here has similar type of art. The colors on it look cool. I like them. Getting into colors, man. It looks like a yeah, like a '60s or '70s album cover. Yeah, yeah, that's why I kind of like it. Yeah, it does which definitely look rad. like an album cover. Yeah. Um, anything else happened? Mopar came back from the. Uh, Igloo Island. <laughs> yeah, we were off last week. Um, Mopar was stuck in Canada for like 36 hours or some shit. It was, and I know a lot of people have worse experiences and got like laid over like days, but I spent 24 straight hours awake in a hotel or in a uh, airport or on a flight. And it was just, and they did nothing for us. On the flight, they offered us water. Really? I'm like, I've been up for 20 hours straight. I've never had that experience. It was a nine-hour delay to get on a flight at 12, uh, 1230. I was supposed to lift. I was supposed to. We were supposed to take off at three. We didn't take off till 1230. Jesus. And I had a connection flight. Dude, it was fucked. <laughs> we got in at like 3 a.m. in Toronto. Yeah. And they were rescheduling everything. Everyone got, oh, we'll, we'll buy you a hotel. Uh Go sleep and That's then come come do, back right? tonight. They said, no, you're flying out in three hours. I'm like, what the fuck, man? I can't do this. I'm That's dying. Man. It got to the point where I didn't, I didn't even know Air Canada. I'm probably never going to fly them unless I absolutely have to. It was really cheap. So I get you get what you pay for, but that's true. Um, I've never had that experience. Well, in Halifax, but that's where we were flying out of. Or I went from Halifax to Toronto to Columbus. Um, Halifax had uh, fog, like you couldn't see shit for probably 13, 14 hours. Damn. They hadn't had a plane land all day, so plane, planes could take off. And by the time it got to 5 p.m., they had no planes at the airport. Nothing could land for like twelve hours. So, where the other planes go? What they, you all, they all situation? no, they all took off, but no one could land because of the fog. You can take off in fog. They couldn't see the fucking. I know, runway. but all the flights that were supposed to come in, what happened? To Everybody flights? got canceled except for our flight. Everybody. That's ridiculous. From noon on, ours our flight was the only one to take off. It's crazy that once you're through security, you're like you're basically trapped there. Well, the thing that sucks is you know, for me it's shitty, but 
I would be staying in a hotel. Some of these people live in Halifax 15 minutes down the road, but they can't go home because every two hours is just delayed another two or three hours. By the time you get home and do something, you're probably going to miss it. Yeah. So it was even shittier for other people, and it just... It got to the point where we were just staring at each other like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It was it was just a nightmare. <laughs> well, you're back, so we can talk about Star Wars. And uh, shit now. Uh, yeah, so like I said, we were, I was in Halifax, so Nova Scotia. It was very quiet, very barren up there. Tundra. It, it's, that is Tundra. It is Tundra. Um, I've never seen the ocean like that. Like, I've been Frozen? obviously... Yeah, it was just ice. There was no water. I Oprah went I, to Hoth last week. I, it was... See any tauntauns? It was That's wi- what you should have done. Fuck the flight. Get a Tauntaun right all the way back. It was windier than Hoth. I didn't realize it was so windy up there. They yeah. had they shut entire roads down for wind. Because they said there's there's a nine-mile bridge over to Prince Edward Island, which is a small little, like, almost resort island. Um, but during the winter, it's kind of shut down. Right. Uh, one of the guys that was carting me around, I, he kind of just took me out there to, just to do it. Yeah. And it was, a, like I said, a nine-mile bridge that they built. But that bridge shuts down because the wind comes off. It's over the, the Atlantic right there, but it's right. all ice. Right. So when the ice comes, the wind just picks up off the ice. And they said it'll throw entire semis off the bridge. Jesus. So. Wonder. <laughs> it's it's pretty intense up there. It was. I wonder that first event that made them decide to close the bridge down. Just, hey, we built <gasps> this great bridge. Oh, oh 37 people died. They got flown <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of thousands of feet in the air. Yeah. They haven't landed yet. They're still flying. <laughs> Too um, much yeah, so it was it was a beautiful place, but if you, it's very barren, very tundra. And I like a lot of people, a lot of the natives, locals said uh just come back in the in the summer and it's it's just legit. But yeah. I was there and I, I <laughs> we walked into January, a gas station yeah, and there was this little girl. I'm like, so it's pretty quiet out this way. She's like, Oh, you're not from here. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm from I'm, I'm the States. And she's like, yeah, I, you're the first customer I've seen in like six hours. I'm like, God. That <laughs> Why is the door even open? Exactly. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, we, we are, complain about Ohio. People are too nice. On the flight over, uh, there was a, a local sitting next to me and he would not stop talking. He was a nice guy, mm-hmm. but it, he was one of those like he was being too loud. <laughs> and everybody was sleeping, and he was. I was just like, yeah, yeah, trying to be nice. Yeah, but, so the weather out there, huh? Yeah, no, it, <laughs> we didn't land until two a.m. So we we were in the in the air around midnight to one, and he's just screaming about shit. People are ridiculous. But like, but that filter. He started buying me beer, so I I dealt with it. Yeah, you don't complain about that. <laughs> we uh, I had Molson in a can for the first time. It was a nice old yeah? looking can. It, it looked pretty cool. Nice. I saw. Yeah, yeah, I saw that picture. So uh, yeah, we. I can hear you. Sorry. Well, I can't hear you. You're texting, so I can read you. The, I'm, I might have to move this. I rearranged the studio, if you guys couldn't tell. Makes it easier to see all the beautifulness. Yes, so we we can't... The TV's still over here. We can't hear you, so... Kerner's pissed, so... Okay. Is Kerner there? <laughs> Nick Kerner. I'm pissed. <laughs> That's all he says. All right, guys. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. To Let's the get beer this review. beer done so we can call up our boy Daniel and oh. fuck around. Yeah, baby. I hate the fucking seagull containers. Yeah, this sucks. I call it something different every time. <laughs> the the se- seal. Seal, seagulls, and I've called it the, the dolphin container and shit. You can leave it there. It's fine. Uh, yeah, we got cans today. This is a funky looking little thing. It's like a, a space cockroach sitting on a a shoe cloud. 
I <laughs> what the fuck? With it the starts sun. to like turn into something, and then by the time you get to the end of the shape, it's just something different. Like this looks like a tree limb, and then it looks like a wave, and then it looks like mustard, and then it looks like lightning. Or I some thought it was shit. like a, oh, a witch's boot or a sorting hat. Didn't I do this like two episodes ago? Do it every time. I opened the beer and then I started to look at shit and I spilled <laughs> it. All right. Seems pretty, uh, pretty hoppy so far. Glub, 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 glub. Yeah. But um, every single thing I've ever had by Jackie O's has been fantastic. Oh, so. I'm pulling a commander and I can't uh, lick it up. I ruined the taste test. I got to let it dry on my hand. <laughs> yeah. Don't lick it up. Shit! Sorry. This? It's okay. Um, we'll figure it out. Oh, so if if you guys are tuning in Just now... Just your fucking pants, you weirdo. Um, <clears throat> we will be at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando. Oh, gosh, dude, so, so excited for that. We... Yeah, we'll be there. So if you guys are going to be there, give us a shout and we'll uh, meet up and hang out and... We're yeah. gonna we're gonna meet up with Chris Sparks, who was on a f- quite a few episodes ago, but it was a really good episode. Uh, I may get my first tattoo ever. Yeah. You know I'm, what? I'm gonna get my first tattoo ever. I just gotta if, figure out what I want. I don't know if I'm gonna get another one. From I him. don't want. Um, I gotta. It's a fine line because I don't want something that's like too over. I don't want like a fucking stormtrooper on my arm. You know, that's not really my style. Well, something that like represents like Star next, Wars. What like, next time? Has. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So. We'll figure all right. It out. Uh, morning glory or whatever fuck this oh there's a bunch of shit going on here everyone's pissed Rub everyone spilled everything alright it just smells like a pale ale alright it just smells like a pale ale cheers it's mm. a pale ale ooh kinda it's has good. like a citrusy thing at the end I just yeah, spit on myself this is going off the everything's rails. fucked <laughs> No, it's it's good. It's not like, well, let me take another sip. I'm not getting like a super unique flavor, you know. It's just like this is a good pale ale. I'll drink it. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting too. Spring seasonal. This stuff. Oh, it's really low alcohol. It's four point five. I guess that's average, but that's a quite low for. A it does though craft. give you a really good blend. Like the taste kind of hits you in waves. Yeah, it's like bitter hops, and then it's malt, and then it's like citrus at the end. It does smooth out very well. Yeah, it's balanced yeah, it's, really well. Ooh. Actually, the more and more I'm drinking it, right? I'm starting to... <laughs> First sip, fuck this. And then three sips later, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> it's the best beer I've ever had. Sustainably I'm just holding it up so the, the peeps can see it a little bit. Yeah. But... what is Now, what does this say? It says lupulin-driven. Lupulin? Lupulin? I don't know the fuck word that is. Uh, they said that a lot in Nova Scotia. It means fucking asshole. <laughs> They're talking about you. <laughs> I'm actually. I'm, I got to know though. It's driving me the fuck nuts. Lupulin. Lupulin. Driven. The joy of beer and liquid effect. Oh, it's, I think it's a type of hops. Yeah, it's okay. a type of hops. But how do how do hops drive? Hammered. Yeah, it's a different type of hops. It's interesting. It says. A yellowish brown substance obtained from the glands at the base of the hop plant. Thank God you ended that with hop plant. Yellowish brown substance obtained from the glands of a sarlacc. (laughs) (laughs) You're slowly fermented over a thousand years. We milk the sarlaccs and then we put that yellow brown substance in your beer. Formerly used in medicine as a sedative. So we're all going to pass the fuck out in five seconds. (laughs) No, it's good beer though. It, it gives you a, 
It doesn't shock you. It doesn't surprise you. Just, and then as you drink it, it gets better and better. I think, uh, as you said, uh, it's very, it's well blended. Very well balanced. Yeah, you don't get, because uh, we, we also like a lot of uh, monkey glands from KOTOR. <laughs> Hello again from Moscow. Why Dis- do you say sorry? Discrota. Standard Indian Pale Ale. It's not an IPA. It's a pale ale. Kerner, learn your beer, man. Learn your... <sighs> it's our buddy Kerner on the chat. All he's had is Coors and Christmas Ale. <laughs> he has been drinking... There was a, there was another one that... I know. Uh, purple Haze. He likes his Purple Haze, too. Um, it's good beer. What are we going to go through here? Actor Jimmy V has taken over as R2-D2. Yeah. Uh, I think Although, he... You the, know, sorry, go ahead. The, go find a picture of Jimmy V, first of all. He looks like... A badass. A <laughs> badass little guy. I want to see if I can do this, actually. Like, he was birthed from a Sarlacc pit, and that's just his face. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> if you're watching on Twitch. Because uh, Kenny Baker had such a soft, like, presence. Yeah. Like, he just seemed bubbly and happy all the time. <laughs> this guy looks like his drunk uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Drunkle. Drunkle. So uh, somebody actually called, not not really called me out, but just informed me on Twitter that they announced this a while back, uh, and people just didn't really like realize it. So here, dude, he looks, he looks like a biker. He looks like he's killed people. He he is Hell's <laughs> Angel. He is Hell's Angel. Dot wow. com. Yeah, he looks he looks cool. The only thing, uh, the only problem is that. All right. Well, first of all, I'm confused because I thought for a while they didn't really have actors for R two. And they kind of put Kenny Baker as R2 as like a homage. You know what I mean? Because th- like they in just episode three, he's, yeah, he's, not he's all CGI, all. right? Yeah, I think. And I, I, I didn't know about episode seven. I, th- I feel like he was, uh, they built him and controlled him. But um, what is that wicked picture below this? this? No, that. <laughs> if you're watching live, you can see this. Yeah, he looks like a fucking iguana Satan. <laughs> He looks like one of those fruits that you're not supposed to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? You see it in the grocery store and no one buys. Right. They're just sitting there. This this is an impossible fruit to eat. It's $10. <laughs> what the fuck, man? That's weird. Oh, it's from Doctor Who. Oh, so that's where they got him from. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, he, uh, he looks pretty wild. So, I mean, that's awesome. It's cool that they're uh, not just totally wiping... The R two D two actor, yeah, off the face of the credits, they have somebody else to to take up the role. Very cool. That's all right. I like it too. <laughs> Back to the beer. That's all uh, right. Awesome. <laughs> Even though this has gotten better and better with every taste, I don't think there's a wow factor to it. So I'm gonna sit with a strong two. Very strong two. Yep. I agree. All right. Well. That was our super short beer review. It's fine. Brought, brought to you by me, Darth Maul, <laughs> Killing Jedi since 20 BBY. Killing Jedi, Jedi, or whatever the hell it is. So let's. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with a solid two as well. That's good. Our rating system for beer is one out of three, zero out of three. Excuse me. Three is the best. Of the best. Two is very good. Uh, this is a fantastic beer. It's not anything we haven't had before. You know. But it's uh, definitely drinkable, definitely awesome. Worth checking out. Uh, one star is worth trying at some point, and zero stars is avoid for fear of certain death. That's a pretty fucking sweet picture. Next issue. Looks pretty raw. Now, I'm confused. We're about to move into this Darth Maul thing if you're not watching and you can't see. I thought comics came out 
in short installments once a week. I don't, I don't, Am I wrong on that? I don't think you're right. Or every other week or something? I don't know. I'm not a comic buff. Well, this one came out two weeks ago. And the next issue you just showed me on that little ad is not until March 22nd. So this sounds like every other month or something? Maybe every month? Is it a 12-issue thing? Like what? I don't know. Someone that actually knows comics will correct us. But um, I, I did get the Darth Maul. You already showed this, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, start small, yeah. Uh, I was. We talked a lot about. Let me check this fucking thing. Descroe to know a purple haze is a beer by Abita. You drunk bastard. You fucking high ho from Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were curious with all the stuff that they've done in Rebels and Clone Wars, if, where they were going to place this comic. So where? Yeah. So Tell it me. it starts. All right. So it starts uh, before Phantom Menace. Ooh. So it's all inside his head. Not all inside his head, but mainly, like, he doesn't pretty much utter a word the entire thing. It's all, all the bubbles are, like, the square, like, thought boxes. So it's just him thinking about everything that's happening around him. Um, check out this fucking shot. It opens, he's on some planet hunting Rathtars. And he's coming at these hoes with a halberd. Not even a lightsaber. A halberd. It's fucking crazy. The dude's wicked. So the premise behind this whole first issue is that the mall that we see at the end of episode one, Savage, ready to kill people. He's Even so eager a- to fight Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan, right? Oh, yeah. He's, it's almost like he wants to test himself. Like, what, what can kill me? Exactly. Bring it on. So the point of this is that Palpatine is holding him back. He, like, trained him to be the savage murderer, but is restricting him from going out and killing people because Palpatine has his plans, obviously. He wants to do things in the right time. So this whole thing is, like, inside Maul's head. Like, my master trained me to be a fucking weapon, but he won't use the weapon. So now he's pissed. So then he goes out to planets and kills Rathars to, like, get his his blood rage filled. What the fuck you call it? Uh, But it's it's sweet. I don't want to give too much away because I definitely want people to read it. But it's all... I don't know a specific time, but it's definitely before Phantom Menace, and it's him <laughs> wanting to test his ways. <laughs> that picture of Sidious. And Palpatine saying, please, please no. Don't do it. You got to wait for my uh, fucking instructions. Got to wait for my request. There is one awesome... Well, his ship looks so cool, first of all. The um, indicator? Or the... Uh, <laughs> I don't... It's a Sith infiltrator. Infiltrator. I don't, I don't think it has a name, though. Yeah. Like a nickname. Um, there is a cool scene that reminded me a lot of... Is that Bosk? No. Um, reminded me a lot of episode three when Anakin goes to Mustafar to kill all the Trade Federation people. There's a scene kind of like that. It's pretty rad. And at the moment when you think he's going to show some mercy, you realize, wait a second, this is Maul. And he fucking kills everyone. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. So I don't want to give too much away, but <clears throat> definitely go check it out. It's, it's worth it. I think... For us, what happened to the thing, man? We're good. For us, especially, <laughs> um, that we don't have crazy amounts of time to read all the novels and everything. I think the comic series is going to be really good, especially if it doesn't have Place words. <laughs> especially if the main character doesn't <laughs> say anything. He's just I can talking. Blow through that real quick. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. T rated T for the fuck you watching this T for, for Tauntaun. Eford on. All right. Two out of three stars. For the beer or for the comic? You tell me. Comics. So we don't do it. Do we do halves? Can I say two and a half out of three? Yeah. All right. Two and a half out of three. That's pretty good. I'm surprised you got that high. I like it. All right. You ready to ring up this mofo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Welcome to our show. Daniel. Welcome. Oh, good day, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I are. was watching you guys enjoy your beer. Oh, uh, yeah. We got to do the review to get out of the way. Yes. We tried a few times to like, um, do the review with a guest, but it's so hard to find the same beer in the same areas. Oh, yeah, that's true. So after a while, we had to just give up. Gave up and drank it all ourselves. <laughs> so you guys know I fight with Saber Legion, right? Saber Legion. Go awesome. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, uh, they actually have one sponsor now, and it's the Brooklyn Brewery. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So the Brooklyn Brewery came out, and they were uh, they were sharing their beer with the, the fighters and selling their beer to the audience while we were there. So it was pretty cool. What, That's awesome. You said what legion? The Saber Legion. So explain who and why they are. <laughs> so the Saber Legion is basically an international lightsaber fighting league. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So um, never heard sexier words before. On, <laughs> 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 So last year they had the first um, they had the first tournament, their first championship series tournament. Okay. So um, they did a they did a full they did a full fight. They invited fighters from all of their charters. They have charters all over the world, um, and they invited fighters from all the charters to come out and compete. I went, and um, one of the guys who went with me was actually the owner of Saberforge. He won. I won the consolation round. Um, but there's a whole bunch of improvements they've made since then to the judging system and all the rest of the point system and everything. So whenever I went uh, to the Saber Resolution uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I don't know if you saw that I went to Minnesota. Um, but when I went to Minnesota for the Saber Resolution, I fought the uh, the, the second rated fighter in the in the league and won. So I won that match. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, Killing I know, right? Oh. So um, what's going to end up happening is is sometime this year I should have a shot at the championship. So Uh-oh. I'll be taking I'll I'll be taking the championship this year basically. So Daniel's going to be going out and murdering people. I can feel <laughs> he's using a lightsaber throw right now and it's coming across the states and it's going to stab me right in the back. That's how good he is. It's astounding. We're so we've got Daniel in Star Wars with us right now. <clears throat> if you're not following him already, oh Revan Mask, bring it back. Stop. Oh, just- <laughs> oh my god that looks sweet so yeah this is from lion's den and then i have one of my wife's uh, uh bone trophies that she makes on mm-hmm. there that's awesome so put the mask on uh, well we're interviewing revan right now <laughs> we're talking so. to revan. you know what we need to do actually is an interview <laughs> with revan yeah we should do <laughs> that's awesome right once I get my uh, once I get my holocron series up and running uh we should absolutely do that do an end character interview yeah That'd be hilarious. So, what what are your yeah. thoughts on Malik? He doesn't he doesn't shower. He's a piece of shit. Shower now. Asshole shot me. <laughs> he doesn't shower much. Uh, he <laughs> shot me. Um, he really he really likes his red spandex. That's all I have to say. <laughs> hey, he looks good on it, but it's a bit outdated. Just a taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, did you heard us talk about the mall book? I did. I haven't read any of the new Marvel comics. I read the first issue, and that was it. So what, the Vader. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, it was just it was just called Star Wars then, so it wasn't even a, a Vader comic. Interesting. So, 
I've heard really good things about the Vader comic and now about the Maul series, so I think I'm going to have to get on the ball. It was a good start. Yeah, it was a great first episode, and I don't really know. I'm not a huge comic buff, but in terms of Star Wars content, in terms of new canon and stuff, um, it was a really good place. It's my five-year-old. My five-year-old's all about them right now, so I need to. I need to start getting them. I'm so, constantly astounded by how many there are, too. They just they're, once Disney got behind the train, yeah, it was turbocharged and it <laughs> is running your ass over. It's hard to keep up with it, though. It gets to the point where there's so many books and stuff flying yeah. at you. You're just, I. It's gotten to the point where I don't even know where to start. Like, do well, I start with a novel? What's good is is that it's it's all new now, so they're taking a fresh start away from the original expanded universe. So right. if you want to get, I mean, if you want to get started and you don't want it to be like it was for me, where I found out about the expanded universe when I was in the Marine Corps, and it was already massive, mm-hmm. you know. So don't yeah. know where to start, it's kind of like what do I do? Um, now it's like now is like the time to get started in it. Very true. <clears throat> it's uh, they're doing it right. And I'm excited because we do have new Star Wars content. So it's hard to complain about anything because if you're a comic book fan, you got new comics. If you're a novel fan, you got new novels. We've got movies flying out the ass. Um, Series, games. But the fact that a mind-reading octopus is canon and and Revan <laughs> is not, it pisses me off. But uh, <laughs> that mind-reading thing in Rogue One it. that Saul yeah. uses, oh, my God. Yeah. You know... <laughs> <laughs> Revan can't get the okay, but that thing can. You know, but here's the thing. They've been setting up for Revan so hard for the last two years. Yeah. They've been setting up for Revan so hard. Rebels, uh, they tried to throw a reference in in the Clone Wars, and I don't know if you guys watched the deleted footage for that. We heard about it. It wasn't, I, in my opinion, it wasn't the way they should have gone with Revan. Um, you know, Revan didn't die a Sith, if you follow the Bioware version sure mm-hmm. and i think really be cheating his his uh, sort of overall character of what we know about him if they just made him a sith and made his story way less interesting right so i'm i'm that's one of the big reasons that i'm working on this holocron series because i want to show an alternative way to go with revan it's going to be weird my holocron series is going to be weird so uh, go into <laughs> describe what what you're actually working on what is this series okay so um revan's holocron is going to oh, 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 oh. yeah oh yeah yes so what's cool is is uh once i get some once i get some actual content up um these are going to be available in holocron format so you're actually going to be able to get the the show on a holocron that you can have in your own possession ah okay um so has Disney hired idea, you yet for that? Because that's amazing. No, they haven't yet. They don't even <laughs> know. Nobody, nobody knows. Because I just, I've only filmed kind of like a crappy test footage, proof of concept idea that's supposed to be Revan's first attempt at a holocron entry as a Padawan. So he sucks at it, and he totally just kind of goes out there and messes around and like you know, sandbags it because Freya tells him to go holocron. So it's uh, it's a little jumbled. It's a little confusing. It's going to be poor quality compared to what I'm going to actually shoot. And then um, the way the way the series is going to work, it's going to cover kind of three topics in each entry, right? So each holocron entry is going to train the person in three different areas, and they're going to follow the Jedi, which is force, knowledge, self-discipline. So he's going to give some lore 
uh, on the force. So he's going to give some of his philosophical uh, uh, ideologies on the force itself. Um, he's going to give knowledge. So he's going to be covering the history. What we're going to actually come in on is Revan investigating Exar Kun's fault. Ooh, so, damn. Uh, yeah, he and Kray are actually going to be sort of on a Jedi Explorer Corps mission to uh, retrace Exar Kun's steps through uh, the, the Great Sith War, right? And um, it's going to be interesting because my goal for this is to um, kind of show some of the Jedi Order's dirty secrets th throughout the past and under and explain kind of why the Sith hate the Jedi as much. And then also to um, bring some knowledge to the Infinite Empire and how they use the Star Forge to subject galaxy and how they fell, how their empire fell. So Revan's going to be uh, retracing XR steps. Ian Cray are also going to be um, retracing the steps of the Infinite Empire, which is something that they're going to catch a uh, glimpse of and not know what it is and pick up those long time. And then the self-discipline part, uh, Revan's going to actually be teaching a combat system that he learned from XR Kun. Okay. Damn. In-depth that sounds fucking intense, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So it's a, I mean, it's a really big project, but it's mostly stuff that I'll be able to shoot by myself. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, with ideally with somebody with a GoPro, the way I want this to be is, is at first it's going to be first person perspective from the person who's accessing the holocron. So you're eventually going to see this character start interacting with Revan because a holocron is an interactive teacher. Right. Um, yeah. Basically, if you possess a holocron, um, you possess that person's consciousness. So you can train with them basically real time anywhere. Um, and in Revan's case, the holocron will actually draw your um, draw your consciousness into the holocron so yeah. it's like you're experiencing it VR. Mm -hmm. So is Snoke from a holocron? That's our uh, that's, that's our that's, theory. That's your theory? I, that's an interesting theory. I was really intrigued by the the Snoke is Ezra theory, personally. I'm still intrigued by that, yeah. I'm very intrigued by that. I think there's a lot of credence to it. And even though they've they've sort of said all the theories about Snoke are, are, are wrong so far, I really, I think there might be something to that one. I, I think it could be as simple as it's like a Plagueis holocron. He did so much... Uh, experimentation and all this craziness that he had to have documented it in some which way or form and I feel like that would have been it. So it's interesting. It it seems to me that what they're setting up is is that uh, Snoke was somehow present during the, the fall of the Empire and was somehow connected to Kylo Ren's upbringing as Ben Solo. So Leia and Han talk about Snoke as though he's been controlling Kylo Ren for years. Yeah. You know, I didn't really think about that because when, yeah, when Han and Leia are talking about, it was Snoke that turned our son to the dark side. side. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but she kind of refers to him like, no, it was that guy that we know. Right. So what if it was just like a drunk uncle that turned that talked <laughs> Kylo into going to the dark side? But no, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if it was like an extended... <laughs> What if it was, I don't know. Third cousin? Yeah. The extended extended family, possibly. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's interesting. 
Or it's yeah, certainly uh, an interesting theory. It would explain why uh, Kylo Ren calls Ray his cousin. Wait, um, what? And okay, so in Disney Infinity, the the like kids game with the action figures that you put on the base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when Kylo Ren faces Ray, he says, "Face me, cousin." And, what? Uh, it, it would. This was right after the release of The Force Awakens, and Disney Infinity dropped the ball. And it, I mean, it spread like wildfire. It wasn't any time before it was getting shared around in articles. Ooh. And Disney, Disney immediately like responded. They were like. No, he says he says curses, not cousins. Yeah, right. No. So, they, yeah, Disney okay. legitimately I, I, went out and murdered a couple people because of that slip. <laughs> they probably did. The mouse <laughs> brought the hammer down. That was what I was thinking, though. I was like, nowhere in the history of ever have I ever heard anybody go, face me curses. Not once. Not once <laughs> ever. Yeah. So that's it was just, that's a bad cover. Yeah, it was it was definitely face me cousin. So he definitely says that, face me couscous. He was just really fucking hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I would have gone with anything. I would have gone with anything but cousin. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I I still hold uh, hold faith that she's Luke's daughter. Was, so that see, would make cousin make sense and. What it's, if she it's was just too obvious? What if I think it's real? We're just skipping the fact that Mara Jade. Could still technically exist. No, no, no. And maybe it was. I think, I think Kylo Ren killed her. That's what I think. I think too. And maybe that was his mom. That she, he was uh, a stepson to Luke or something. Something crazy. Anything can happen. I just really, I really wish they would get Mila Jovovich to be Mara Jade if they do that. Who's that? Like a flashback or something. Who's that? Mila Jovovich, uh, the main character from Resident Evil. Oh yeah. oh yeah, she's that got fit. great great uh, acting SS. abilities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Outfit. Lilu from, Lilu from the Fifth Element. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, I I have a huge celebrity crush on Mila Jovovich. <laughs> I don't care how old she gets. When she's ninety, I'll still have a celebrity crush on. <laughs> you just want Mara Jade to be sexy. Well, for at that <laughs> right. point, let's just do uh, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, now she we're can't oh, be yeah, Black she's Widow. Young, and you know what? Disney, you don't get to use Scarlett Johansson for every every yeah, redhead. Exactly. They can. They are Disney. I mean, they can. They are Disney. <laughs> I think they should use Alkali Lake as. Ooh. I'm really sad. Uh, I, I'm really sad that they cast uh, uh, Emil Clark as a uh, character in the Han Solo spinoff because I think she would make a fantastic Bastila. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I think she could. I think she could pull it off she could be the right amount of of posh but funny that you would need for a bastila character to not um, be too <laughs> we got a question for you too uh Discroda says he's been following you on instagram for about a year and a half what is your favorite lightsaber hilt that you have that you okay own? so my okay that that's a good question and you know what it's kind of hard because i have two that i really like right, right now um, the first is my deployment saber, which started its life as a, a, a Parks QV deuce. Um, it went to Iraq with me. And then when I was let go from Saber Fords, I sold it to cover some like expenses. And the guy I sold it to and another guy got together and did it up for me nice. They uh, acid etched my Marine Corps emblem and unit logo and all sorts of stuff on there. Put a prism in it and then sent it back to me and like presented it to me. Oh, that's sweet. Just, 
as just a thank you for the community. So that one will always have like a, a, a top spot in my heart because of because of that. Plus, I took that into combat against uh, Ryan Cap- uh, Caps in um, Minnesota when I won. So that saber's also special because it's one yeah. of champ. It's one of you know title fight. But as far as comfort goes, I really like my Revan from Vader's Vault. Um. Mm. This is a super cool saber. I knocked the speaker out of it while I was in Minnesota because I was fighting with it a lot. So um, there's blood on it. So there's, yeah, there's blood on the saber, basically. <laughs> blood and Jedi <laughs> guts. Yeah, well, and once I once I break a saber, the gloves are off. That's whenever I start my customizations. That's whenever I start making it my own. So this switch right here is going to get taken out. I'm going to mill it uh, really big for a crystal chamber. I'm going to move a much smaller switch down here. And then I'm gonna do acid etching over the whole thing, and uh, make it make it nice and pretty. What about from That's the awesome. Star Wars universe, particularly? Who's from whose Star- lightsaber would you? Endure? If I had to pick, if I had to pick from the films, which lightsaber I would just pick up and start swinging at people with lethal intent? Um, I'd probably pick either Kiati Mundi's lightsaber, mm-hmm. or I would pick uh, Mace Windu's lightsaber. I like maces. Mace Windu's lightsaber is nice and comfortable. It's a it's a short like cannon cannon half hilt, so it's really maneuverable. It's really light. It's really sleek. There's not a lot of stuff on it to reach out and grab your hands. A little too pretty for my taste, which is why I say Kiati Mundi's. His saber was also pretty sleek. Didn't have a lot of stuff on at your hands, and uh, and you know Kiati Mundi was one of the one of the better swords in the order. I do like, like Qui Gon's. Yeah, it does kind of. Qui-Gon's not bad. I don't like the hooks on that shroud. Those will cut your hands if you're not wearing gloves. Oh, his have those two. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. See, I've, I've used most of these sabers, so I know which <laughs> I know. So which you know off. in actual fighting situations what they <laughs> actually, actually like, how I know they perform. Actual, yeah, I know in actual fighting situations how these sabers are going to treat you. Exactly. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, this one looks pretty. I want that. Yeah. I've when got, you, yeah, I've got the scars on my hands to prove it from hilts taking Right. <laughs> When what you about, behead um, when you behead a Jedi, it kind of chafes it chafes your knuckles a little bit. My, it chafes my knuckles just a bit. I don't like. it. <laughs> what about? Um, I think one of my favorites is Dooku's. What about Dooku's? Oh, Dooku's. I mean, come on. It, a Christopher Lee is a bona fide badass. Yeah. So anything that Christopher Lee uses on screen, you can probably guarantee might actually have killed a person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's the most likely out of anyone in Hollywood. He's probably still killing Nazis somewhere, wherever he's at in the afterlife. Um, <laughs> yeah. that guy. <laughs> but it's the curve hilt. It's the it's the finesse of it. It was the first character we see take on um, two Jedi as though it were easy. Right. You know, it wasn't even it wasn't even difficult for him in uh, Attack of the Clones to take out Obi Wan and Anakin. And then took uh, Yoda dead on. Right and, after I mean, taking and, him out, so. and fought Yoda to a standstill, pretty much. So, uh, you know, Duke, uh, Duke, of course, Dooku's saber gets a gets an honorable mention. It's fucking awesome, man. I'm a big Dooku fanboy. I was watching uh, Revenge of the Sith the other night, and I was just um, astounded at how he throws Obi-Wan around like a fucking ragdoll. Honestly, <laughs> that kind of makes me mad because across... <laughs> it, it's just like... And it gives some credit to Dooku... But it takes a lot more away from Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan I, does so much in the movies and kills everything 
in sight. Except for Dooku. Except Dooku just says ragdoll Obi-Wan. Go the fuck over there. Every everybody's got that one person that for whatever reason they are just defenseless against. True. And for whatever reason, be it uh that Dooku was Agon's master and Obi-Wan was intimidated, or you know, whatever it was, if Dooku's fighting style just had something that Obi-Wan was, you know, lacking to defend against. What whatever small nuance thing it is, Obi-Wan just wasn't good enough to be Dooku. Yeah. He he didn't have the capacity to defeat Dooku. And uh and that says a lot, you know, that says a lot towards Anakin for sure. Um and I think it was there to to set it up like, hey, maybe Obi-Wan doesn't have a chance to win fair against Anakin. So how did he win that? You know, so how did, how is he gonna win this fight at the end? Because Anakin's know? Anakin's Dooku was Obi-Wan. If we're yeah, exactly. if I'm following it's that a weird line, triangle. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. and and I mean Anakin Anakin overestimated his powers. Yeah. He, he was drunk off off the dark side. Yeah, he got creepy. And whenever Obi Wan whenever Obi Wan said it's over, I have the high ground. Anakin didn't look at that as Obi Wan going, "Hey, don't 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 make me kill you." Anakin looked at it as an insult because his his ego was in control. He was being right. ego. That's what that's what the dark side is. It's ego. It's ego driven. So whenever Obi-Wan goes, it's over. Anakin's first thought isn't, oh yeah, from a tactical standpoint, I should I should do something to get out of this before we proceed. He perceives it as an insult to his newfound power. And how dare you question me? So you underestimate my power and he jumps in and he dies. Because he hasn't learned to uh, he hasn't learned to temper that dark side rage and uh, an ego-driven, you know, mindset with discipline and control. He's only had it for like five minutes. He killed a bunch yeah. of uh, fucking politicians, and then he got in a fight with Obi Wan. <laughs> what? No, he also single handedly walked into the Jedi uh, yeah, temple. He also oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. His right. his kill death ratio is off the fucking charts because yeah, 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 he was on the you. dark side you. for only like twenty five minutes. Well, and we've got you know, <laughs> and we've got Dooku. We've also got Dooku on his kill list too. So you know, True. he's got a victory rate. Uh, not to mention everybody he killed during the Clone Wars. Um, so. Other than that, though, what was I? What was I going back to? Oh yeah, um, you know, whenever he becomes Vader, he he learns more control over that sort of you know like prideful rage that you experience with the dark side. So it's much well, more patient, preserved. <clears throat> I think again. he he loses. I don't know what he loses when, but after he w- was cut down as Anakin and became Vader, I feel like there was he lost an aspect of his. I don't know. I don't want to say control because he he seems very precise and controlled as Vader. But well, I would say I would say what he lost was was you know what what he thought was the rest of his humanity. Do you think he like lost his ego though? Because I feel like Vader's very very. Uh, what am I trying to say? He's very uh, com- He's very confident he, in his own abilities, but he doesn't com- walk around and like directly talk shit to people unless they're down on the ground dying, which is well, unless they've m- made a mistake. Yeah, he's yeah. just he's a perfecter. I mean, Vader during you, you have to remember what Vader's going through during the the, the rise of the Empire and the Galactic Civil War. Um, after he hunted down all the Jedi, which, I mean, he hunted them down with a 98 to 99% worth of extinction, yeah. right? Um, very, very few Force users left 
those who were were generally dropouts from the order that weren't around for Order 66, and they picked up the Force because there were no other Jedi around. Yeah. So they're they're mostly dealing with Force sensitives that they've missed. So he's not getting much of a good fight from anybody. Um, I mean, you know, look at him in Rogue One. Did he look like he was trying remotely a little bit? You like, could tell he was pissed, but it was it was too that, easy. Everything he was, he was just, walking through a park. He looked like I look whenever I'm just doing free form and I'm just like, okay, you're all dead. Goodbye. You know, <laughs> I mean, he was just, uh, you know, definitely angry, definitely mad, but he was never exerting himself more than a little bit. You know, you don't hear him doing that heavy breathing thing that he was doing in Empire Strikes Back. Luke, you know, nope. So he was marching I think, through a. I think <laughs> Vader, it was that, you know, he's the best fighter in the galaxy. And there's a certain boredom that comes with that when there's no left to challenge. Yeah, yeah, because even you could you can feel that even as Anakin that he liked being challenged. Even yeah. when he went up against Duco, he's like, "I've got this," and he and he goes at him and just like, "Dude, hold your tits, dude. This you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna get cut up. Twice the pride, <laughs> double the fall. I hate, yeah, I, I, hate I that still, line. I still can't believe after. Obi-Wan watched Anakin get force lightning and had to block force lightning, you know, on multiple occasions. Nobody warned Luke. Right. Nobody warned Luke that the Emperor had force lightning. Right. Yeah, exactly. Now, well, the Emperor like, also okay. shocks Yoda. Yeah, I know. And Yoda. And Yoda trained Luke too. Both of those <laughs> old rusty bastards let Luke exactly. go to death against the Emperor. I cannot use my powers to help you. Oh, well, you know, if you had told me how to block force lightning, maybe I could have handled it myself. Right. Idiot. I probably wouldn't have thrown my lightsaber away. Right. Dooku wears these crazy soft socks and this static shock. <laughs> static shots astounding. Brought That's me to why my knees. He shuffles everywhere. <laughs> he shuffles. He just shuffles through the fight. <laughs> Done. He, he's like a he's like a duck outside his robes don't move very much, but inside his feet are like <laughs> just shuffling back and forth. <laughs> Why is everything in in the Death Star carpeted? There's the Emperor is just kind of <laughs> shuffling around. <laughs> we figured it out. Oh my that God. needs to be a robot chicken spoof, man. Like seriously, <laughs> it's ridiculous. We got another question from Descrota. Go ahead. You have to run the questions. Descrota uh, can't. Does the lessons Darth Bane learn regarding dueling? Can you read? I can't see right now. <laughs> Do the lessons that Darth Bane learns regarding dueling in his, the first book stand true in real life practice? Oh, I would need to go back and read that book. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Um, I remember, I re I remember reading that book when I was. Um, when I was in the Marine Corps, I think I started that trilogy. Um, I have it somewhere. That was a man. That was just a really good trilogy. I don't remember if the if all of the stuff in there was was dead on, martially correct, but I I seem to remember some of it at least having some truth to it because I remember when I was reading, I'm like, man, they put a lot of thought into this, um, and that's why I was so disappointed with Drew for writing that that Revan novel. Yeah. Um, because the Bane trilogy was so good and the character development was amazing. Mm -hmm. And you, you, it was the, I, Bane was the first Sith I ever fell in love with. Um, and I, I love his path. I, I, from, from start to finish. Yeah. Minds of, you know, 
of what what was it uh Kes- where was he at where were the mines that he was on middle of nowhere anyway from his like time in the mines to his rise to uh, a sith lord de- destroying the temple or destroying the sith order and then rebuilding it as an own in his own image like it was it was a great ride and then watching him break his own rules at the end was special for me too Apatros i love that is where he's from and then and then i hated and then i hated the revan novel i think it was <clears throat> all right so on the darth bane thing drew in our interview with him said no one is just evil because they're they yeah like they're not just randomly evil and that was kind of like his concept in writing uh for Darth Bane. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. how does someone get to the dark side? And we see that in the movies with Anakin, but it was in such yeah. detail and such, like, in the head of with, death with Bane, in, this, was, in this book. Yeah, with Bane, it was purely... I mean, it was purely just... From start to finish, it was a product of his upbringing, you know? Um, from from his father abusing him and, and brutalizing him. To uh, to to jo- you know being discovered by the Sith and joining the Sith ranks as, as a soldier. Yeah, I mean, it's just forged. The, the dude is a weapon forged for the from the dark side from yeah. day one. Yeah, and when we get to Revan, I um, do you think that the overall Star Wars feel and canon kind of forced him to make Revan a Jedi? Because, like, if you look at the, at the the games, obviously, Revan, we love Revan because he walks both sides of the line. Yeah. And that's, like, his best feature. But at the end of the day, yeah. if he has to choose something, don't you think because it's Star Wars, he's going to be a Jedi because Jedi are good and it's Star Wars? So, the way the way I want to play it, and this is, the, this is a, a, a brief look into kind of my mind that for what I'm writing for this Holocron series, um, the way I'm going to write it is... is Revan is going to consider himself something of a Jedi, but Revan's going to consider himself what a Jedi should be, not what a Jedi is. So, if that makes any sense. Yeah. If you look at the, the, the Jedi Order during the, the rise of the Empire, during the Clone Wars, they needed reform. They needed to change their ways. They had grown stagnant. They'd grown overtly religious. They'd become dogmatic and locked into their, their narrow-minded view of the Force. Um, when Anakin came along, Anakin was supposed to balance this equation. Anakin was supposed to perform the Jedi Order, make it what it's supposed to be, um, find a, a resolution Sith. That doesn't necessarily mean destroying the Sith, but that means turning your enemies into not your enemies, right? Um, instead, the Jedi Order refused to entertain any sort of, of reformation. Um, Anakin was pushed to fall to the dark side Jedi Order that trained him didn't trust him and didn't equip him to deal with things like relationships um, you know attachments and stuff like that they just said and uh, Palpatine knew that as a Sith working from the inside and he used Anakin to destroy the Jedi what Palpatine didn't realize that Anakin would eventually destroy him because of his children because of the love that he had for his children and now we have this fresh start of sorts where the Jedi Order is now being you know, sort of restarted, and we're going to see what Jedi are going to be without the influence of a of a dogmatic order or religious zealots. And that's so, why I don't like Yoda that much, because he's yeah. I, you're just you're you're the strongest dude in a weak era of watered down Jedi, 
you have this force power that you can see visions, but you have no clue if they're going to happen, if they're real. You're, you're, you're getting toyed with Sidious, who is standing right here. <laughs> and you can't yeah. find. He's talking to he's talking to Palpatine like, the Sith Lord, he's, he can't, we can't find him. He's like, yeah, we I know. We can't find him. Palpatine's like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's an elusive dude. But, uh, crazy motherfucker. You can't get him. And I, I, I know the appeal of Yoda, and he is the grandmaster of, of the order at that time, but like we just talked about, it, it's just it, it's so watered down. He really doesn't have that. He's the, one of the most capable, but he also is just old, set in his ways. Yeah, and he's and he's just very limited in his his vision, and that's kind of I mean, what what we talk about. Like he's he sees visions, but does he? Is that Palpatine putting that in his head? He has no clue what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, he is wise, but all of the knowledge that he does have is filtered through the Jedi, like dogma. Well, and, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, he filtered a lot of his wisdom through the, the Jedi agenda. I don't think he wasn't wise. I don't think he wasn't capable. But um, what I think we see is is uh, the, the places to pay attention. Whenever Luke says he's not going to kill Vader, that he'll go and confront him, but he thinks he can turn him back from the, the dark side. What does Yoda say? Now you got to kill him. You're not going to be able to turn him. It's impossible. It's so, never happened. I've never done it. And I'm yeah. strong. And, and I'm a thousand years old. I eat and beans every that, Tuesday. And that's some of that like religious dogma that's going on where he's like, I don't, you know, you can't, of course you can't turn anybody back from the dark side. Well, yeah. that's because anybody who would turn away from the dark side still wouldn't fit the narrow uh, minded views of the Jedi anyway. Right, because they've learned a whole bunch of things about what the nature of the force actually is. Right, they've learned to not just see the force in shades of black and white, but also in shades of color. Yeah, you can't come back for that. But th- that's why I kind of really like someone like a Qui Gon who, yeah, understands that, and it does a lot for Dooku Makes because he kind of so understood better. that and's like, yeah. peace out, dude. But also for Mace Windu, because he was more of he just realized, even though he was one of the head. He just kind of knew. I I sense we're all gonna die. Well, you should probably do something about that. <laughs> but we're all gonna sit here and have a tea party instead. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah, I was listening to uh, one of our old episodes actually, and we were talking about how the Jedi visions being clouded in Episode Two because of the Dark Lord. It may not be so much as that Sidious is like purposely blocking everyone's vision, but that the Jedi are so clogged up with dogma that they can't, they just, they, can't. they don't realize what's around them. They're detuning themselves from the force. Yeah. Like everyone, yeah. everyone associates it with the dark side. It's clouding everything. If we played a drinking game with every time Yoda says hard to see or clouded, I'd be hammered out every movie that he's in. But but they always blame the dark side, and to your point, I th- yeah. I agree. It's just that desensitization desensitization from from the uh, from the force. Yeah. They're not pushing themselves. Right. The religious zealots calm down. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I get pissed. Well, no, and that's that's basically like I said. That's basically where my head's at with the the writing of this holocron series. Is it's going to kind of, um, you know, kind of blow some of these these secrets out of the water. It's going to show some Revan's thoughts on um, the order when he leaves to fight the Mandalorian Wars. Um, it's going to uh, kind of cover how Revan thinks that Jedi should conduct themselves during war. Um, and 
it yeah, it's going to go over a lot of a lot of things where Revan's going to be looking at it from a more universal perspective and not just a Jedi's perspective. Like certain Jedi rules are out the window during war. Like a Jedi needs to be this they type of person. And, and you know, there yeah, so there's gonna be the things like that where he's gonna be like, you know, these rules kind of seem like they don't actually have anything to do with uh, staying away from the dark side. So we're gonna suspend these for a bit and see what happens. And uh, Revan's a very uh, analytical mind. He's a very um, scientific mind. So whenever he looks at a problem, he looks at it in terms of, of science and force. So he combines those two things so that he can figure out something for himself instead of letting the Jedi Council tell him what he needs to think. Yeah. Yeah. I follow the I living force. Well, well, I mean, that's so Qui-Gon. Yeah. Like, and I what you brought up about how you have to suspend certain restrictions when you're in wartime, I mean, that just makes sense. If they had done that during the Clone Wars, well, like it just—it's there's such disparity between what they say and what they do in the prequels because they say literally like we can't use our powers to help her. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. Well, every Jedi is automatically a general in the war. Like you are commanding everything. You know what I just thought of? Which in the movies, the enemy of the Jedi for. Well, is the Sith? Is you don't, the Jedi? You really don't see them fight Sith, but you see them slaughter droids from the I Separatist say army. Slaughter, but but that's what I'm saying. They cut through them like butter. They do. They Goongas. They do. But it's it's not evil because they're droids. But what if it was? Even if it was a clone army that they were fighting, I feel like the Jedi might not join a war as easily. Because they would be slaughtering humans. I I think that's a visual element from the movie to make the kids not think that my heroes are killing people. Right. Yeah. Well, and during during the Mandalorian Wars, the the Jedi certainly were not very eager to get involved in another. Yeah. Um, They had just gotten done fighting the 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 hundred year, um, you know, Sith wars. Right. So these are these are you know wars that have that have uh, spanned over the course of. You know, like hundreds of years, mm-hmm. and uh, the Jedi have ha- kind of had enough of the bloodshed. Um, and when they went out after the Sith the first time, they tried to massacre the Sith to make sure that they could never return again. So, um, you know, previous councils and previous orders have made different decisions. Some of them allowed marriage, some of them didn't, you know, so you're kind of at the whim of whoever's at the reins of the Jedi Order as a whole. But even during Luke's reign, they're fighting the Yuzong Vong, which, again, are not humans. There's a weird visual aspect, storyline aspect of humans killing other species because it's okay. But as soon as you start slaughtering younglings, that's why, even though we don't see it, that's one of the most brutal things that has ever happened in the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. Because they're defenseless. And they're kids and they're human kids. They're asking for you for help and, and you kill them. And they're English. <laughs> what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Skywalker, what are we going to do? Well, you're going to be in a couple pieces. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to create quite a mess. So you're going to, you're going to hopefully, hopefully, rise well. If it's not, you're going to get a lot of blood on the But that, I mean, that's almost more of a culmination of the movie's of the evil and the dark side of Darth Vader than even like the Obi-Wan Anakin fight because yeah. sure he gets burnt, but slaughtering innocent younglings, human younglings is just, that's brutal. 
And well, I get and why they didn't put it on screen. They well, didn't yeah, even, they when, couldn't do that. When 10 minutes ago, you were a hero of the Republic. You know yeah. what I mean? 10 minutes ago, you you were the bastion of hope. People well, from a certain point the, of view. I mean, you know, even even from like a regular point of view, up until that point, <laughs> he, had, he had focused all of his, his aggressive feelings into fighting an evil force. Sure second Palpatine could turn him to think that the Jedi were the evil force or at least give him a plausible enough reason to think that look at what he was capable of um, immediately immediately without a good moral code yeah so that's the thing the Jedi understand the the need for a good moral code um which will will guide you in wars so like one of the things that I'm going to be um inferring with as far as like Revan's how Jedi should should behave during war will be kind of very simple concepts. Um, if someone comes into your space, right, your space being within range to be able to kill you, and they offer you the, the gift of a warrior's get, uh, death, what kind of uh, host would you be to not offer that gift back to them time? Sure. That's just manners. <laughs> it's, it's, manners. it's impolite, to be <laughs> honest. It's, it's, it would be impolite for me not to, to return your gift to you in kind. So it you're saying be- all of those poor younglings should have had a soldier's death? <laughs> all right, turn around, get on your knees. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, in the case of people who can't defend themselves, that's kind of a that's kind of a moot <laughs> thing. You know, Anakin wouldn't have to kill them. You know, he could fight them. He could easily fight them to a to a place where they wouldn't be able to defend themselves anymore. So whenever yeah. he kills kills them in cold blood, there was no need to kill them. There was no. Um, there was no glory in killing them. There was no challenge in killing them. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're fighting somebody who can't even defend themselves from you, what you know, what are you doing? That's not. If we saw any martial artist doing that today, we would we would we would look at them as a as a bad person. Yeah. If a UFC and we get that a lot within the UFC community. UFC fighters kind of tend to start fights more than other martial artists. Um. You know, they, they tend to they tend to kind of flaunt their abilities and, and be willing to to you know enter into physical violence much much more uh, willingly than other martial artists. People who've done traditional martial arts because I feel in a lot of traditional martial arts you're ingrained from day one that train in this, but you don't ever want to have to use it. Right, for sure. Yeah, and the Jedi are the same way. The Jedi train. I mean, the Jedi are some of the best fighters in the galaxy that was why the mandalorians wanted to fight them um but they don't you know the jedi seek to never have to use that and if they do have to use it they seek to not have to use it in a lethal means right i was just gonna point to i know we talked about this several episodes ago but uh this comic book series graphic novel whatever you want to call it uh star wars darth vader and the cry of shadows you kind of see another point of the ruthlessness of Vader, which we don't see a lot on camera, but it kind of carries that slaughter of younglings through. Um, there's a point where the battle's over, and they find these rebels in a basically basically a medical ward. These are helpless, unarmed, hurt, injured warriors and medical staff and whatever. And Vader walks in. And there's a, like a, a guy with him, and the guy says, "Surrender! We won the we won the battle. Just get on your knees and hail Darth Vader." And Darth Vader slaughters him in front of this dude. All of them leaves no one alive. And he the the guy with him basically just says, "I can't. I 
he says, I hope Vader is more machine than man because I can't fathom a man ever doing what he did. That's ridiculous. Slaughtering helpless injured people. Walking in, they were, they could have just, you could have just said, I win. And obviously, we, I have one leg. You're, yes, feel, you win. I feel a bad thinking that, that that is awesome. But that's exactly what happens. He walks in and just slaughters. And this guy's yelling, no, stop the guy that's with him. Oh, my God. I love that shot. Right so there. brutal. It's well, so, so where, simple. I mean, that's really that's really where you start to see the distinction between a, a Jedi and a Sith is the way they is the way they deal with their enemies in combat. Yeah. You know, a, a Jedi will never go up, above the level of needed um, uh, force, you know, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but they, they're almost they're almost like the, the the way the Power Rangers have to escalate in in a in a certain manner, you know, <laughs> to to retain their power. Yeah, they're responsible with it. They have to only use it when necessary. Um, the the Jedi follow that same concept in in battle. They try to never escalate anything past what they have to 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 win. So when they're fighting a Sith, of course, it's usually a, a to death battle because how do you how do you fight a Sith to a standstill? Yeah, you know. I don't know. Mm. Damn, dude. I love everything that happens with Darth Vader makes. I just, I don't know. It's like, it's like choosing the renegade path in Mass Effect. Like, I feel bad, but it's also fucking awesome at the same time. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to show you this picture. This picture of Vader standing over this child. Yeah. And the little text box top. Says, I pray no human being is capable of what Lord Vader did that day. Oh <laughs> my brutal fuck! <laughs> that is got out oh, of Vader though. We got out of Rogue One. Elizabeth looked at me and was like, "I I could watch like three movies of just Vader doing that." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> exactly." Yeah, give awesome. me both. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of Rogue One, we do have a question from Luke Petronella. Um, okay. About all the new stuff. So, Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Rebels. We're seeing so much hate about some of these things on the internet. Like, it's cool to hate the new canon. Uh, it Luke says, it pisses me off to see how butthurt people are today. <laughs> and I will agree to a certain extent. Um, there's a fine line between critiquing our favorite thing in the world... And being like super annoyed and butthurt about everything. So, like, what are your thoughts? First of all, we'll start it off with that about Force Awakens and Rogue One. Like, your thoughts about these new entries in the Star Wars. <laughs> so, uh, I've I've really enjoyed the, the films so far. Um, in the Force Awakens, now they are really cram packing these movies full of information and plot. So it makes it difficult to develop in certain areas. I think that's where a lot of people are getting frustrated. Is uh, you know you, you get kind of more of a, a slower build in the original trilogy um, than you do in even the prequel trilogy or, or the, these new entries that are coming in. They're they're very cram packed full of information. They're they're cramming a lot into into the the films that they're doing. But I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the Force Awakens. I think that. I think that Rey is really powerful off the bat, and I think that Kylo Ren. Um, I think Kylo Ren was great. I hate anybody who talks out against him because he fought and 
did pretty well for a guy who just had his like rib cage blown out with a boat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that thing was blowing people away by like 15 to 20 feet, and he just took it standing. He just went to a knee, like yeah. like something gut punched him really hard, right? And then he goes out. I mean, he beats them. He beats them outside, which means he had to use force speed, right? And when we see him, he's already sweating. Like it, the dude really had to like move to get in front of Ray and Finn, right? So, and then he fights him. He beats Finn, which I'm, we all see that kind of. And then <coughs> Ray pulls it pulls it out of thin air, right? She just kind of does her thing and manages to win. Um, I would call that beginner's beginner's luck. It's like it's like the lightsaber one. She didn't. Yeah, yeah. She didn't really do much. She just kind of poked poked it out in front of her and and hoped for the best. She just held on. She's like, oh shit! (laughs) Like uh, like Doctor Strange's cape. Yes, it's just doing everything on its own. Put that one hole through his through his uh, arm up here. She got a little confident and she started kind of figuring out how the lightsaber is different from a staff. But for the whole first, like, three quarters of that battle, she had no idea the mechanics of the lightsaber versus the staff at mm-hmm. all. It was completely new to her, and it showed. Um, so I thought I thought the duel was done pretty well. Um, all in all, I, I really enjoyed The Force Awakens. Um, I'm looking forward to the next two, because I feel like a lot of my reservations about it will be answered uh, yep. in the next two films. Exactly, Rogue, yeah. Rogue One, um, I, I had... I had two complaints about Rogue One. One, Vader's neck. Okay. Pissed. Now, I, there, there, I did notice a, that. There is a perfectly good company right down the street from you, Lucasfilm. Their name is Anovos. You could have gone and pulled a Vader costume off of their mannequin and put it on an actor, and it would have been ten times better than that stupid neck piece that you used in the film. I... So mad that they made Vader look stumpy. Daniel's they made, they made they made him look stumpy. Like they made him look like Vader had been eating too many McDonald's cheeseburgers. I was wondering about that. Like I like I I don't remember seeing it like that in the originals. And exactly. obviously, I know that like the uh, Revenge of the Sith suit was different. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what? You know, I would have I would have preferred. I would have preferred. <laughs> Someone is killing younglings. Yes, yeah, somebody's killing younglings. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hang on. That was, a, that was a long kill. I say let's see if she'll stop. I think we need to... <laughs> Grab his lightsaber. Grabs his lightsaber. Hey. Wait. Uh-uh. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Slaughtering uh, seals. I can't believe it. That's awesome. There I go. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't. Hang on. Just... Go I, wish, I wish this was on video because every time his child screams, he just grabs his lightsaber like, what the hey, fuck what? do I have to do here? Go eat those Jedi Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Oh my god. That's awesome. Dad, Darth Vader's coming here. He's pissed. Yeah. I'm coming to take you down now. I would go try and help, but it honestly she would just get mad at me even more. Uh, if I no, seriously, she's two and she's she's lovely. I I love her so much. She's she's the light of my life. Lovely voice. Uh, 
But she's a beautiful voice, by the way. She's gonna be. She's she's going to be a a, a very famous metal metal vocalist. <laughs> um, but yeah, whenever I go to help her, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, what did I do? You sounded like uh, Ray's was, vision. Oh, I thought you sounded like Luke. So yeah, and then my my only other other gripe with uh, with Rogue One was Chirrut's death. I really, I really, really, really would have liked to have seen Chirrut go down in like a, a a blaze of glory kind of thing, where they uh, they have him fighting just a ton of death troopers, and Baze uh, is with him, and they're they're you know they're shooting everybody down, and. Uh, and then he, you know, gets hit and dies, and it's amazing, right? But he just gets, you know, some shrapnel from a nearby grenade, and you know, kind of has this. But I kind of like that because it's just an aspect of war. Like it literally, was, shit no. is blowing up, and you can be force sensitive, but a little bit of shrapnel in the heart fucking hurts. Yeah, I, I thought it was really cool that they didn't uh, make it like too glorious. Like these, like. Does he know the Force? We don't really know. He's been in this fucking yeah. Kyber Crystal Temple for his whole life, but they made it like they made them seem insignificant. And that's I feel like the whole point of the rebel cause. Like all these yeah. insignificant people are doing something significant for the yeah. galaxy. So I really that the other the other death that I would have loved for him is if he got to go down fighting Vader. Because again, it wouldn't have been super glorious. Ooh. Because you know, I mean, he's a he's a dead man one way or the other, right? Um, but it would be cool to see him go in and kind of like. That's why uh, I was about to say it would have been really cool if they did a Macquarie concept Vader for for this film. Like, did the did the Macquarie concept helmet and everything, mm -hmm. and had had Sharut actually kind of succeed in messing up, <laughs> so that he has to have kind of a new one. Oh, okay. You yeah. know what? You know what I'm kind of envisioning now that you said that is, <clears throat> if Vader were to take him out, Shrew would have been doing whatever he was, and then he just kind of stopped mid and just felt something, and then that's when Vader walks in because he just you're in the middle of war and you're doing all this crazy stuff, and then you're just like, ah, oh, there's a devil well, nearby. I mean, arrived. He, he would be able to see Vader better than he could see anything else in that's, the universe. Yeah. It would have been like blinding, blinding rage is what he would have would have seen uh, yeah. through the force. So I think that it could have been an awesome aspect, and it, it would have been, been it, it would have been obvious that it makes sense that just Vader cuts him down easily. But it would have been an awesome recognition by him to well, like yeah. feel Vader and, like that. Well, yeah, awesome recognition for him to feel Vader like that. And I mean, you know, if if he gets a couple of of cool fight fight moves in before he goes down. I mean, all the all the better, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, maybe he succeeds in actually like knocking Vader's lightsaber away from him, and then and then Vader, you know, screws him up, and then while Vader's screwing Chirrut up, you know, like uh, is it Baze or is it Ray's? I can never remember that guy's name. Baze. 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 Okay. Baze comes in and shoots Vader a few times uh, while he's killing Chirrut, and just to you know, kind of like mark him up a little bit before he dies. Do we know like, Baze's background? Baze I don't no, think I don't. so. He's supposed to be one of the guardians with Chirrut. He just yeah. kind of has become more disillusioned with the Force than Chirrut has. Yeah, yeah. There's a so, uh, one of the new but, young adult novels that's coming out. Follows. That was, yeah, and Baze that, was, and that was one of the things that I loved about uh, Rogue One, though, is that they introduced different types of of you know, Force sensitive groups. So you know, now 
guardian of the wills in the mix. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of just making it so that the galaxy is a, as a broader, more lived in area. And that's what I think. I think the more systems the Jedi uh, encounter, the more types of force using groups are going to find because let's face it, every star system in the, in the galaxy has sensitive people. They would all learn how to use the force and they would all learn how to use the force different. Yeah. And that's kind of why I liked <clears throat> the Jedi order in, in general, because you get to see that. You get to see a Kiati. You get to see a Kit Fisto. You get to see all these like non-human species force users. Right. Yaddle, best thing ever. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting. And I mean, Sith, they're all human. Okay, Maul. But that's it. Yeah. Like Revan, when he goes dark, Bane, everybody's. Ugh. That is true. I never really thought about that. So Plagueis, Plagueis the, yeah. the Empire itself was very, uh, very sort of elitist. Yeah, for uh, em- employing only only humans. Yeah, <sighs> specious assholes. <laughs> Doesn't sound like anything currently going on in the world. Not but, uh, yet. Once we find an alien, we're gonna hate it. <laughs> I don't think we've gotten done hating each other yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of that going around. The prequels <laughs> suck. <laughs> are like, we'll, go, we'll go talk to them when they figured out how to stop hating each other. Right, <laughs> exactly. They killing themselves. We're gonna stay away from that place. They for still a while. haven't fucking invented lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. Not having it. Yeah. Yeah. Not gonna. I, the second the second we find aliens, they better they better have a, a, a like college program something. I don't know how to build a lightsaber. <laughs> That's awesome. There's so. Fun. They can I, get I me to, to sign I, up for anything. Like, <laughs> you get a lightsaber, sure. You don't even know what the contract is yet. I don't care. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, quick question. It's not going to be a quick answer, hopefully. Uh, favorite Sith, favorite Jedi. You can do okay. EU or whatever you want, but if, you have to pick okay. one of each. Okay, cool. Uh, so, I'll go with Sith first. Um, Darth Bane is, without doubt, my favorite Sith. Correct answer. Yeah, correct answer, right? Uh, you know, the the self-proclaimed Sith Ari. This guy has killed more Sith than most Jedi. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and he made them stronger. And he, he made murdered strong- thousands yes. upon thousands and made them stronger as a Sith Order. Exactly. Oh. He he murdered everyone in the Sith Order just so he could make it a little better, right? Um, and and successfully started the plan for revenge against the Jedi Order, which culminated with Alpine. So I, I feel like Bane gets a, a, a my my forever favorite Sith mm-hmm. because he just he he was a pioneer, and he learned from Darth Revan. So, or, so even better, you know, <laughs> even better, right? He took some of Revan's ideas and 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 took his own way. Our favorite character uh, learned from our other favorite character, right? <laughs> Favorite character learned from my other favorite character, that uh, <laughs> I never say is my favorite character because that's 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 who I portray. So <laughs> I, can't I call myself, myself my favorite. Hashtag I am Revan. <laughs> myself is my favorite. I am Revan. Uh, <laughs> always be your Revan. Um, and then favorite Jedi is Luke Skywalker. Okay. Um, and the only way that could be ruined is by Episode Eight and Nine. Um, yeah, but so far Luke is my favorite Jedi, and that's because of his his path, his um, you know, 
journey to becoming who he was. Um, you see him start off as farm boy, get gaslit by his by his uncle on Tatooine, um, to kind of being thrust into the middle of galactic affairs. You know, his first his first time away from home, he infiltrated Death Star, and then and then blew it up from an X-wing just a little bit later, right? Um, and this was just his first time leaving home, right? Um, <laughs> I never really thought about it in that perspective before. Well, and, and, just, and we talked about the Force Awakens being fast. Yeah. Hey, go yeah. farm some moisture. Boom. Go and you're like, wait, super weapon of the galaxy is gone. <laughs> what? So, uh, it, Luke, I think has a, a great journey. Plus, for me, um, you know, I was adopted at a really young age. I was adopted when I was almost four years old from a kind of a bad home situation. And so I grew up dealing with a lot of like anger. Like I have anger problems. And um, for me, Star Wars through Luke Skywalker's journey kind of showed me that I don't, I don't have to let my anger control me. Mm-hmm. I don't let it define me. I don't have to let my parents, my biological parents define me. I can be my own person um, because that's kind of the path Luke went down is, uh, you know, he finds out that his father is this terrible person and, uh, and has to square that and figure out what kind of person he's going to be. And uh, that's why Return of the Jedi is my all-time favorite film because it shows Luke triumphing not over the dark side, but over his dark side. And that's what balance in the Force is always. It's not meant to be a, a, an equation of, of how many Sith and how many Jedi there are in the universe. Balance is on every single individual in the universe, right? You can either be a, a, a balanced individual or you can be an unbalanced. Um, and if you're an unbalanced individual, generally you're going to kind of serve darkness, Right. Um, but if you're a balanced individual, you generate light wherever you go. And there's a lot of darkness in the galaxy. So creating balance requires every single team in the galaxy to uh, do their part, to, to be a balanced part. Sure. And really deep. The deepest explanation of uh, a Episode favorite character six. ever. That's fucking <laughs> awesome, though. That's rad. And that's I, I, I like that a lot because we don't get too deep into meetings and backgrounds uh, for characters like Luke because when it's original trilogy it's kind of like yeah Luke's awesome but it's the 70s and 80s movies and like you don't really get to see the true background of how awesome Luke actually is so explanations yeah. like that make a, a huge difference well, yeah when you read a novel about Darth Bane like you get everything you see his struggle from beginning to end all the details and that makes you love that character more so hearing that yeah. explanation of Luke just Sheds a whole new light on everything. I mean, that's that's why I really think that the original Star Wars uh, trilogy and even even the prequels are are so great um, because no matter the the quality of production, no matter uh, what they got right or wrong, um, the story the story is incredible, right? And if you can just, I mean, if you just think about the plot event of the Sith and ignore the, the cheesy acting areas. Uh, the overuse of CGI, all the things about the prequel that we didn't like. Um, Revenge of the Sith is just beautifully tragic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you just use your imagination and and make everything work in your head the way Star Wars fans always do, um, the the movies are are so fantastic and they're fantastic forever. With the stories there, yeah. You know? Well, and you you I mean even the prequels you see. 
<clears throat> they're almost complete opposites. So in the original trilogy, you see the ascension of Luke. And in the prequels, you see... Slight just ascension the, and then just fucking plummet. But even from the very beginning, like, Anakin was a little troubled kid. And he was very smart. He had all the skills in the galaxy. Fastest ever. But uh, it's it's from Sebulba to all the way to Dooku and Sidious. It's just they, they just hit him. And it brings his whole character down on the notch. And he never really regains that. Yeah. And it just, it's constant battle against himself, really. Yeah. He takes everything so yeah. so personally. But that's kind of the character he is. So he just kind of slowly falls to the dark side. No, it's, it's and that's a wonderful thing. And that's why I'm excited for this new, new trilogy, man. I'm really excited because I think they're just going to mess with all of that in a good way. And just make it different. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, screw with all your expectations. Yeah. I I agree, and that's why I'm I'm really glad at, at the moves Disney's been making. There's been very few things that Disney's done that I've that I've been, you know, um, not fully game for. I don't know how I feel about the Kyber crystals. Um, I kind of like the explanation, and then I kind of don't. The good thing is is that the Visual Dictionary has Kyber crystals included with Bondar crystals. Uh, uh, and a lot of the other power crystals get from Knights uh, of the Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though there are fiber crystals, they do acknowledge that other crystals can be used as focus crystals. Right, because if you only see Rogue One, you're kind of like, the lightsaber crystals are all being mined to power the Death Star. Like you don't realize that there's other ones in the mix. Well, I was, yes. was kind of wondering before Rogue One how the Death Star was powered. Like, is it just a big Cummins diesel in the middle of the thing, just running? <laughs> well, they explained I, it. There you go. I always assumed that it was powered by something like that. I never, I don't think I ever knew. I thought they covered that in uh, in The Force Unleashed. Did, was that a thing that they did? I don't remember. I don't remember either. He was pissed about Force Unleashed. I was? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. The Force Unleashed novel. Well, yeah, it's the same story. Is it, though? Yeah. Because I felt like, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was not a big fan of the novel. No, but the story was okay. It was the writing was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was unreadable. That's why I had to listen to it. Audiobook. Was it unlistenable? It was. It made me cringe the entire drive. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Now, as we always do with every single one of our guests. Yeah, we have to ask you the question as we wrap up. Put the movies in order. Favorite to least favorite. Favorite to least favorite. Okay. Yep. So, uh, six. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, Empire Strikes Back at number two for me. Okay. Um, Revenge of the Sith at number three for me. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. It, I like the story that much. That's, that's how much I like the story. Well, I'm just happy that you have it so high. I feel like the prequel, prequel hate gets just tossed around. Yeah. It gets out of hand. Uh, so revenge of the Sith is at number three. Um, I got to put rogue one up at number four. Okay. Um, and then I think, um, a new hope, uh, the force awakens. And then, uh, uh, Oh, two are always the hardest. Um, I'm going to go with episode one because of Darth Maul. 
Mm-hmm. And then episode two at the, at the last. Where nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're I, in the, the land of, of awkward romance. Yes. <laughs> Your bosoms <laughs> look wonderful, my lady. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> my lady. I couldn't stop dreaming about you. That's not awkward. <laughs> do, you, do you want to see my lightsaber? <laughs> I keep wanting to bring one higher on my list, but I just can't decide what I was going to bring down. Under. Yeah. You know what what you gonna bring down? I mean, you know, for me, the only thing I could move around would be like maybe like a new hope, but a new hope is so classic. I could never move it down on my list. I move it um, down. Uh, I don't know. Episode one, just <sighs> exactly. I'm, I'm really mad at Lucas for chickening out. That's that's the main thing that bothers me with episode one. In what regard? And whoopee okay. whoopee. In the regard where he set up the greatest deception, I think any movie has ever done with Jar Jar Binks being a Sith Lord, and then one of her fans hated him, he chickened out on it. I guess. I don't know. Imagine, Misa? imagine, imagine a, a Jar Jar revealing himself as a Sith Lord, though, and then getting down to business. So, do you like, think would that be, he actually planned that from day one? I think he planned it from day one. Really? A, yeah. Just a bumbling idiot, uh, but then he's watch, just like, so Jar Jar's the Phantom Menace? Yeah. Watch Fuck. episode one. Watch episode one and just pretend like it's true. Okay, pretend like Jar Jar Binks is the Sith Lord the whole time you watch the movie and tell me it doesn't make sense. I don't know. In episode three, you'd have to rip off Misa. He, he, waves, <laughs> he waves his hand in certain areas, right? He waves his hand in certain areas to influence things his way. He, uh, he, I mean, he's probably the most deadly Gungan on the battlefield. Accidentally. Uh, and he's acting on, like a bumbling fool. Okay, but drunken, drunken master. Yeah. Like, he, he's totally a drunken master, like, style. And he even does, like, a little, like, kung fu drunken master warm-up before he jumps into the water. Oh, I'm he kind of totally, does. Yeah, I'm totally sold on the theory. Wow. Um, I hate it, tell. but... Okay. So I think I think Lucas uh, set it up that way. Was very was very adamant about making Jar Jar a Sith, and then and then chickened out. I think so, chickened out last minute. So you're saying just specifically Episode One? Because how would you yeah, continue on with a Jar Jar Sith? They, they obviously wrote in Dooku uh, for Episode Two. I feel like the plot of Episode Two is kind of just like. Uh, I don't know. It feels like it was rushed and it fell flat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Dooku was, uh, I don't want to say underdeveloped. Again, I love Christopher Lee and Dooku was, Dooku was awesome. But he is Dooku's, underdeveloped in the movie though. Dooku seemed like an afterthought to me. Yeah. In the I movie they, he I, is. Yeah. I think they had that role planned for a very different uh, uh, beat. Well, Every time Dooku, someone brings up the Jar Jar, the Darth Jar Jar thing, it makes too much sense, and then I just get fucking pissed. Well, the the Dooku thing was rushed, and then you look at episode three, and you're just like, Grievous, rawr, and just like, wait, what happened? Well, a lot of that ties into the cartoon, though, that I, aired before episode uh, three came But out. it was still felt unplanned. Oh, like, we have to make a cartoon about Grievous because he shows up because we put him in there. No, I think they... Did it that way on what purpose. Right with the Clone Wars was how uh, gimmicky they made Grievous. I that like was, Grievous in the Clone in, Wars. Wait, in the original, original Clone Wars? 
No, not the original Clone Wars, not the Jendi Tartavoski Clone Wars. I mean, in the, the CGI version with Dave Filoni. Yeah. Uh, they they really, I mean, there's a couple episodes where Grievous really handles business, right? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot more times where Grievous is just kind of the dookie, uh, uh, you know, general of the droid army, and he gets outsmarted like Waze. Mm-hmm. So I was watching the Jendi Tartavoski Clone Wars today. And uh, because I'm a nerd and uh, Grievous just walks in and mercs like five Jedi handles. Yes, dude. What's your name? Doesn't matter. Dead next. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. You're Jedi. You guys know how to use lightsabers or something. I don't know. You look like you're dying really fast. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why Shaggy's here, but um, he needs to go back to the mystery machine because he is way out of his league. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Like Keati Mundy. I remember that. <laughs> oh my god, I remember that scene. That's hilarious. He did look just like Shaggy. I like <laughs> I really like how little dialogue there is in that yeah. whole series. It's Especially just when them standing and the wind. Yeah. All Dude, right, let's fight. That whole yeah, that- Mace Windu fight scene. Yeah, the, I was just about to say the Mace Windu fight Dude. scene completely takes apart a droid just by opening his hand up. So awesome. And doesn't oh he use God. those nuts that. and bolts and then to he kill? Uses, yeah. yeah, and then he uses those particles as like shrapnel to send through the rest That was, uh, I forget how much I love that because at that time, that was one of the few things, I think that was one of the only things besides KOTOR where we really yeah. got to see the true potential of what Dude, the force I mean, does. Well, and it was really the only thing we were getting outside of the the, the prequel trilogy. Episode one had come out, um, and then you get uh, you get um, like you said, Knights of the Republic, and then Jedi Knight Dark Forces one and two, and then I think Jedi Academy came out around that time as yeah. well. A little, and you get the Clone Wars. Yeah, and I mean. That was what was what wet our imagination for Star Wars for a long time. Yeah, um, and those fight scenes were amazing. Yes, Incredible. Dirge, the, the Gendai bounty hunter. That, uh, I forgot about Dirge. Everybody's Obi-Wan. gonna die with this. <laughs> I love. I it. gotta watch those, man. Those were fucking legit. Dur- Dirge gets cut in half, and it and like <laughs> just comes back and is like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna murder everybody in this room. <laughs> it's like Maul. Oh. Yeah. Gets cut in half by yeah, Obi like, Kenobi. I, oh, I loved Maul in Clone Wars. I really wish that they would have taken the time to put Anakin against Maul because I don't need to see a rematch. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> they they were dead set on this whole Obi-Wan and Satine thing, and I'm fine with that at the end. If that's the way it goes down and Obi-Wan goes to 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 face you know Maul alone to save Satine that's fine, but for that previous arc that they did it should have been Anakin going after Maul and oppress. Anakin against anybody I would have been happy with because <laughs> I love when Anakin just rages. In, instead, instead we get you know six seasons of Ahsoka rescuing Anakin Skywalker, which uh, I like Ahsoka. Give I her love credit. Ahsoka. Don't get me wrong. Now for the first three seasons I hated her. I well, hated his. It's called the reason development. we all hated Anakin. You know in what? Everybody one. else did. I remember everybody else did too. Ahsoka was like the most hated character, and I've never seen. I, I have 
yet to see anybody who's watched the entire series yet that will admit to uh, to, to hating her originally, and nobody who will say uh, that they hate her now because her character just blossomed and yeah. became this wonderful, wonderful uh, creature. That I I was sad. I was sad to see her, you know, go on Rebels. Right. So. But her facing was, Vader and Rebels is one of the most epic things that's oh, yeah. ever happened in Star Wars. One of the most. Epic. It makes his character so much better for it. Yeah. And the, I mean, again, and another Knights of the Old Republic dig. Uh, the the temple they're at is the Treus Academy on Malakor. Yeah. So, I do not fear you. Yeah. Well, you'll die braver than most. Vader's yeah, back, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. What else fucking happened? How do you know the Force? You said you were a Jedi on Instagram. <laughs> Where did you learn <laughs> it? Did Revan teach you? <laughs> Where did I learn the Force? Uh, I would say that the resonates universally. Um, and so that's why there's so many belief systems on Earth that believe a lot of the same things. right? Most belief systems have something against murdering people. Uh, belief systems have something against you know stealing doing things that are that are going to harm people around right so there's a lot of universal themes of, of spirituality one of the things i think star wars uh maybe unintentionally does is bring attention to that because lucas seeking to create the jedi he uh took a lot of spiritual principles from a lot of different places and uh you know he grew heavily on japanese culture and reiki uh, uh sponsored japan so um, there's a lot of really good spiritual practices in Japan that, that everybody can benefit from. And uh, he combined those with sort of some of the Western systems and really took the best of what a lot of spiritualities have to offer and combined it into one thing that was a Jedi, right? Yeah. And so I think that universal coming together of, of good intentions and, and good energy is what makes uh, the so special. Because the force is this uh, universal energy field that all beings can access and tap itself. Uh, it's just so, a little more practical in Star Wars. It's a like it can physically change things. But I think that's kind of the the foreshadowing into real life. Like if you do believe it, and everybody wants to believe it, it literally can change things. Yeah, everybody's on board with stuff. It it literally can change the fabric of this existence. Yeah. Um, reality, reality as we know it, is a fabrication. It's a fabrication of human conscious. Your reality is different from my reality, right? I didn't see what you saw today, so naturally we're living in completely different realities. So that's why empathy is such an important uh, trait for people to have. Because if you can't pull yourself out of your own reality and see somebody else's, how are you ever, how are you ever going to be at peace with yourself and others? That's why no one understands that Palpatine's such a good guy. <laughs> you can't see it from his reality, man. Certain point of view. <laughs> good guy Palpatine. Good guy Palpatine. Well, and I mean, think about uh, maybe Palpatine's upbringing. I mean, some, some of his... Uh, uh, some of his past, I mean, he was trained by Plagueis to do one thing. So, I mean, it's it's not that Palpatine isn't evil. It's not that evil actions are ever excusable. But if you take time to uh, try and understand somebody, you might find that there are reasons that they what they're doing. And because of that, you might be able to find a way to turn them into a friend and not an enemy. Yeah. Which is what Luke does to Vader in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. He 
completely, completely bears himself to, uh, to, to, to Vader and says, I don't, I don't think you're evil. And it's not until Vader really sets him off that Luke even tries to, to kill him. No. That's why it's, it's all, uh, you gotta put yourself in someone else's shoes. You gotta think Palpatine is just self-conscious about his face wrinkles. He really if is. Someone just would have given him. Yeah. If someone would have just and, given him some and, cream. And he's just, he would be happier if he could get a younger, stronger intern. Yeah. You know? <laughs> to go fetch. I mean, it's just, it's aesthetically more pleasing to look at than Vader. Yeah. Uh, grumpy, less grumpy than Vader. Yeah. You know, it's always sad and neat. Yeah. Know, being less gracious. psychotic and murderous. <laughs> murderous. <laughs> That's where I do, in seriousness, though, I do think that that line from a certain point of view, might be like the most important line in all the Star Wars movies. And I hate it, but I like it. Both. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's the thing, yeah. So, you know, belief in spiritual practice can, like I said, I think it can literally change the, the, the fabric of our reality. So, um, kind of bring that around to the circle. The way I learned to use the Force was through studying and saying, I'm try and learn as much as I can about this existence and about the nature, not only the physical, but the immaterial, um, because I have a scientific mind. And so I like to learn about the, the material. I like to learn about our scientific nature of the universe, but there's this whole other aspect that I feel like people deny, which is the immaterial, the, the, the thoughts. You can't quantify. Thoughts, right. right. You can't quantify the energy, the thoughts, um, you know, we can't explain why your brain releases a, 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 a large dose of DMT as you die or when you meditate. Um, you know, we don't know why this this molecule is released into your body whenever you do these <clears throat> things. Right. So there's this immaterial that we should that I think we should strive to understand and at least practice as much as we practice our, our intellectual and our physical sides. And that's kind of the, the direction that I'm taking with my combat curriculum that I'm working on having the, the first year I've released by the end of this year um, is this three-pillar philosophy where you focus on your spirit, uh, your mind, and your body. So you'll be um, ad- advancing your skills in those areas every day would be the idea. So if you're really lazy and the remote's too far away, learn to use the force and it'll float that <laughs> shit right over to your hand. Can try, but for every interest for that remote to move, there's a better reason to get up and move yourself. Ooh, from a certain point of view. <laughs> from a certain point of flipping view. <laughs> that's the that's the galaxy telling you that you should get off your ass. And get <laughs> from my point of view, you're a lazy piece of shit. No. <laughs> awesome. Well, we want to thank you, uh, Mister Daniel, in Star Wars. Uh, if you are not following him, where can they find all of your stuff and where you've got it posted? Okay, yeah. So uh, Instagram at Daniel underscore in underscore Star Wars. That's probably where I'm like most active. I also have my Facebook page, which is put Daniel in Star Wars that you can go and follow. Um, and then uh, I've got my YouTube, which is just you can search Daniel Lane. Um, and then I'm working on the Blade of Light curriculum, which will be released at the end of this year. So that's not out yet, but it will be. Are so your lightsaber we, battles, uh, your championship battle, everything, is that posted somewhere too? It It is. It's on the Saber Legion's YouTube, but they filmed it with webcams. Oh, so, so it's perfect from a certain point of yeah, view. Oh, oh, I mean, it just looks perfect from a 
you. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll put it to you this way. Ryan and I are so fast. Uh, we've hit each other and gone back to our corners before the frame has changed. Even <laughs> That's how a Jedi fight actually seems to normal beings in, a, in the yeah. galaxy. Yeah. They're so, just well, standing and, next and, to each other, not swinging. This is so fast. <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah, you just see a quick move, and then they're back in their original spot. Like, what just happened? Did you just hear just... explosions and <laughs> lightsaber crash. It's awesome. That would actually be kind of a cool way to, to do a battle. It's kind of like a drummer. If you see a really fucking fast drummer, and you're filming on, like, a strawberry, it's just like... <laughs> you just see, like, their head turn. <laughs> How do you film on a strawberry? I don't know. I meant a not a good, like a potato. I don't know. Hammered. <clears throat> All right. All Anything right, else man. you got to say, Mr. Commander? Um, We've been trying to link this up for a very long time. So I'm yeah. glad we finally made it happen. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for being patient with me. I think it took me forever to get the application in. Well, and the first time that we had it scheduled, I got the worst food poisoning in the history of the world, and I was, you know, it was terrible. I had way too many death sticks. Don't don't fail me again. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we're good. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, If you guys want to, if you guys are listening to this on iTunes, you can go to YouTube and watch our furry faces. Just go subscribe, Rogue Squadron Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. You are? Certain point of view. 